0: You look so beautiful. You're so fresh. Did you do your makeup? I always do my makeup. I mean, I never know when you're going to use this hide. So like, I know your brand is like no pants on, fresh face, (laughs) but you know, I have to, I have to maintain my brand.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it. Welcome to Champagne Confidence. We all know that drunk girl on champagne, right? She's confident in herself, her manner, her desires. She's full of love for herself. She knows what she wants and she doesn't give a fuck what people think. What if you could be that confident girl all the time without being drunk on champagne? Imagine being that confident sober. I'm here to tell you it's possible, but you've got to do the work. Imagine loving your body, having sex with the lights on, Wearing a bikini, slaying your business goals without your self-doubt, being the kick-ass human you're supposed to be. You can have that confidence. Think of this as your weekly Sunday session. You'll no longer have to pop bottles to find that confidence or deal with your anxiety. It's hosted by me, Heidi Anderson, your ultimate hype queen, self-love and business coach. This podcast isn't about you getting sober. It's about you unleashing that inner champagne confidence. Welcome to Champagne Confidence. Hello, welcome back to Champagne Confidence. I am your host, Heidi Anderson. If you are new around here, hello. Thank you so much for pressing play. If you are here every week and you've had a dose of Champagne Confidence, thank you so much for your love and support. And thank you to all of you who have been subscribing to the show and hitting Follow on Apple iTunes and for all your epic feedback, it means the absolute world. You may notice that my voice sounds a little bit different than the recording of my my guest today. Well, that's because I'm currently uh, sitting at home in isolation with... COVID. Yes, I tested positive. Um, feeling actually really, really good. <laughs> I sound worse than what I feel. Um, but I just thought I better mention that because I do sound extremely nasally. And in the chat, you won't even notice that. Today's guest, I'm so excited for you to meet. She is an absolute inspiration. She's now become a friend. She actually emailed me almost two years ago when I first put myself out there and started my business. And I was, I was looking for clients clients, she emailed me and uh, wanted to grow her brand. So, Peter Hook is today's guest. She's a disability advocate. Uh, she has her own podcast called the I Can't Stand Podcast, and she is out on a mission to prove that you can be happy living with a disability. And everything about Peter, for me, encapsulates champagne confidence, the way she shows up on social media, the way she shows up in the world, like in every single day living. She's a vibe. Her energy is magnetic. And I can now call her a friend. And I'm truly blessed. And so are you to hear from Peter today. I promise you by the end of this podcast, you will feel different about yourself. The way that Peter helps you see yourself by the way that she sees herself. And the way that she sees the world and her outlook on life is so fucking pure and beautiful. And I'm absolutely honored to have her on today's podcast. So let's get into it. Hello, Peter Hook. Hello, Heidi Anderson. I'm honored to have you here today for people who are like, who is Peter Hook? Where does she come from? If people were to go to your Instagram profile and look up the bio on your Instagram where you have to tell them in 25 words or less, how would you describe who Peter Hook is? My name is Peter Hook.
0: I'm the host of the I Can't Stand podcast. I also have cerebral palsy, which is a lifelong disability that I've had since birth. And my Instagram bio is all about proving that you can have a disability and be happy.
1: I just, it's been a while since I've talked and I forget how much I just love, your presence and your energy and what you put out to the world and your positivity. And I want to dive into this because this whole podcast is about champagne confidence. You wanted to prove to people that, you know, someone with a disability could be happy
0: Yes. I I would only have to wheel out my front door. I say walk, but I know people get really like self-conscious about the fact that I say walk because clearly I can't walk. I use an electric wheelchair, but when I wheel it, when I used to wheel out my front door, I would be constantly asked by strangers questions about what it is like to live with a disability and a lot of those questions had negative connotations. So I was constantly like proving to people, like saying, no, actually, my life is really great. And the problem is, it's like saying, you're fine. Like people don't believe you when you say, oh, no, I'm fine. And they're like, "But are you really, are you really fine? And for me, this was my way of visually presenting, but also on mic here on the
1: podcast, Showing people the reality of living with a disability. It's, I mean, it's crazy to think that people, it's like they pigeonholed you to be a certain way, isn't it? Because you're in a wheelchair and it's, you know, the way that society a lot of the time views us. Did that affect your confidence at all? It never really has, to be honest. Um,
0: I think, it's really helped that I've had supportive parents and a supportive family around me. I've also been very lucky that I've also had a very big group of friends that have seen me for me and I'm probably very good at sniffing out the people that aren't comfortable with who I am. So I'm very confident in the people around me and then that feeds onto my confidence.
1: Oh, I love that so much that you've surrounded yourself with you know, with people that um, help you unleash your champagne confidence. So you were born with cerebral palsy and then you were put into a wheelchair when you were how old? So for those who don't know, cerebral palsy is a
0: lifelong condition that happens either in the womb or at birth. So basically I was born at 28 weeks, so I was very premature and because of that I couldn't take my first proper breath It took me like 10 seconds and that 10 seconds resulted in my disability. Now, the thing with cerebral palsy is if you've met one person with cerebral palsy, you've only met one person with cerebral palsy. It varies a lot. For me, it presents in the fact that I can't walk, stand or transfer independently. So I use an electric wheelchair. As much as my disability is a part of me, it's also very challenging And because of that challenging nature, my personality, I'm constantly being like, no, you know what? I'm confident, guys. I'm going to push through. I'm going to prove to everyone that I can do this. Yes. Yes, I started off in a pram and then I used to be able to walk using like walking frames when I was really, really little. Yeah. And then I got to primary school and I couldn't keep up with all my friends. So it was my decision to get into an electric wheelchair. Which, wow. I, that's that's a big decision for a young girl. Well, I guess so. I mean, at five, you're just sort of like, oh, I just want to play Chasey. Like, yeah. you know, I, wa- I wasn't really thinking about how people would view me different, differently. Yeah. Even today, there is a lot of sort of pressure from the medical community for people to walk. And I've never put that value in walking. Like I'm only one person. Other people might view it differently, but I've always felt really so confident in the fact that I could quickly get to wherever I like. Because of my wheelchair, I was in complete control and my disability didn't affect me because of that. I I think being forced to make those decisions from a very young age makes you self-assess and really be self-aware and understand yourself really, really early. Like I've known who I am from a very, very early age. And I understood that my decisions had a flow on effect, but really I don't like to sort of think about it too much because I'm happy with where I am Mm.
1: and that's all that matters. This is why I created this podcast, you know, is so that people could um, find that confidence within themselves. And I think just everything that you've said sums that up. Honestly, I love you so much for it because it's an it's an inspiration to, to me and to, to so many other people.
0: And I don't want people to feel bad if they're not in the position that I'm sitting in today, because really, as much as... The challenges were really shit, and I know I can swear on your podcast because yes, you, you can. Um, the challenges in my life have been really shit, and I like, I, you know, we haven't really got into the, like the really, really bad stuff. But you know, I see it as only as a positive that it's enabled me to appreciate what I have. So I don't want other people to feel bad and say, "Gee, I don't know who I am. How does Peter know who she is? How is she's so confident in herself?" Whereas, like, to me, it's just you're so lucky if you've never had to make that decision mm. and you've never had to really self-assess of saying, what is this going? To, what decision is this going to make to my life? Those sort of concrete, you know, fork in, in the road type moments really make you grow up and really make you
1: have to put your big girl panties on and go, okay, let's go. I want you to compliment someone today on how they make you feel, not what they look like, not what dress they're wearing, not what sunnies they've got. I want you to compliment someone on how they made you feel. That's today's challenge. What has been that biggest challenge in your life you can share that you'll happily share that you know has assured you as the person that you are that has in um you know unleashed that champagne confidence because i think that's what what people need to hear and look
0: i'm not always confident that also should be said oh. i second guess myself all the time yeah. i feel really self-conscious and sort of pressured to be a voice in the community because as far as the disability community, I mean, because I know my experience with disability does not reflect the majority. I'm very, very, very lucky with my reality of living with a disability. So I just really want to say that first. So I'm going to say the short version because I know this podcast doesn't go forever. Basically, when you have cerebral palsy, particularly in the early 2000s and the 90s, they were trying to improve your condition through surgeries. So, at the time, I was now up to I think surgery number six or seven, and um, the surgery this surgery went wrong, and that meant that I'd lost feeling from my waist down. So basically, the I don't know what they call it, like the medication that they put. You would have had it when you had when I had you my c-section c-section like that didn't wear off for me and um all my nerve system had lost sensation wow peter i had no idea that this happened yeah so i was numb from the waist down from and it sort of improved itself but it was like it wasn't like emptying a cup of water where it was like very like from the waist to the hips to the it was like in spots and when you redevelop your sensations you go through seven types of pain so like a little 12 year old it would be like being stabbed or being burnt or um like there was all different ones I've sort of blanked a lot of them out but I was very very sick For a long, long time, I was in the Royal Children's Hospital for six weeks. This happened at the time to one person in one million people. So I was that one in a million. Um, They had to get the medication and the drugs for me to deal with the level of pain and we had to get approval from the government. That's what I was on for so long. And I didn't get feeling in my legs completely again until I was about 17. So from wow. 12 to 17, I was quite sick.
1: And that's your, those your your years that you're at school, you're having fun, you're um, exploring. I think that's where we've defined so much of our personality and stuff. So how does Peter come back from that to be the person that she is, the voice um, today that she is on on her podcast? Cause what how old are you now, Peter?
0: I'm almost 32. Oh
1: my God. She's not. Oh, oh my God. How have you come back from that? What have you done? Because this that's a massive, traumatic, challenging moment, but you still manage to laugh your head off and you know, like and 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 move through life. With this just beautiful, epic, inspirational attitude,
0: I think there was a very founding moment that was really important because I was in so much pain, particularly when I was in hospital. They said it's like being in labor twenty four seven for like oh, however long. No, so, like God. I, I, you know, it got to the point where you're just like, I don't know whether I can deal with this anymore at twelve. So it got quite dark there for a minute. And the best thing that ever happened to me, and I don't know how she came up with it or how she knew I was capable of taking this information in. My mum pushed me around the hospital in a manual wheelchair one day and we went to the kids' cancer ward. And she was like, Peter, you're going through a really hard time, but at least you're going to come out. And some of these poor kids won't be able to. So that really gave me a perspective. Perspective of how lucky I am that yes, this time is really difficult, but how lucky am I that I got the disability that I have? Oh. And it, you know, being so young and being faced with that, oh. so that was that was so important for me to never get to the point where I felt sorry for myself or I pitied myself mm. because you always know there's someone worse off or has having a worse time than I am and that's how I really have founded my every day that yeah. yes I might be going through some really shit things at a particular time but it could be a lot worse and how lucky am I that I've got breath in my lungs and I'm able to get up and live and feed myself and do all the things and that has been fundamental in forming me as a person.
1: Wow. So gratitude has played a massive part in your daily life of of building that champagne confidence for you to keep going so that you you step outside your door every single day with that confidence. Gratitude has been that thing? I think so. I mean, it's always a bit
0: challenging, particularly when you go through your teens. I think that was my hardest period really because I was still trying to get better, I was on so much medication that I can't really remember year seven. Like it is just gone. But at the same time, you're in your teens. You're in a private school with all that, you know, all the like fladdy darness of all the girls and and all the boys that aren't looking at you the way you wish they were looking at you. And it,
1: yeah, it was really tough. Mm. Tell us about your journey with with boys and you know where you're at and if you found anyone. It's been a challenge and,
0: to be honest, it was a lot easier when I was younger. Um, Boys at a particular age could see past the wheelchair and probably not really understand what that meant as far as, like, what the challenges were, "quote unquote, because I don't think it's that challenging, but, hey, Mm -hmm. um, what the challenges were. So, like, I had a boyfriend from a boyfriend, in quotation marks, (laughs) from the time I was, like, six to, like, nine, like, you know, we were, we were quite like cute little couple and, and then got to high school and I was a flirt. Like I loved the boys. The boys flirted with me back. It was great. But it was very clear that they wanted the perfect image of the girl, the blonde, beautiful, sporty girl that I'll never be. So that's always been really, really challenging because it's like, guys, you're missing out. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm I'm, fun. I promise I'm fun. I really promise I'm fun. So it's it's really challenging for people to see past the wheelchair. People even ask me whether I ha- have capability to have sex. And it's like, God, if we're at that level of
1: understanding, no wonder I'm not getting a date. Like, jeez. Why do you think people ask that? Because you're in a wheelchair, they think that you might not be able to have sex. I don't
0: know what it is. I feel like I should have stamped on my head, my vagina works.
1: Like, everyone <laughs> calm down. Calm down. Peter's for JJ works. Exactly. That must be a constant challenge. And you can't really put that on a dating app, or can you? The problem is, as soon as I find that I'm
0: outwardly sexual, you get like the guys that want to tick you off a sex list for not like the nicest reasons. So it's either like, you're asexual and they don't believe that you've got that in you, which I am not asexual at all, or you've got the guys that like, yeah, are a little bit too into, into the disability. If you get my drift.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So is Peter kinky? Is that what I'm getting from you? Are you oh look, I would you? just say I've I have a healthy sex drive. Let's just say that. I, I do you know what I mean. I just get so intrigued by people and their sex lives because mine's quite boring. Like people think I'm kink and I'm like, no, I just talk about sex. Doesn't mean that I'm full kink, but you're you know. just
0: very open, that's all. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to me about the whole body, body confidence, body positivity movements that are you know worldwide. Um, There's such a trend through social media because when you and I met, you said something to me that I was like, wow, yeah, I've never really looked at it that way. You don't understand how someone like me has body confidence issues. Was it something like that? You know, going to the beach and worried about getting in a bikini. Yeah, I mean, to me, I'm just like, girl, you've got the body I would dream of. Like, your
0: legs work. How lucky are you that you can just slip into the ocean and have a swim? Like, Mm. I envy you in the nicest way possible. So, like, I only feel really sad when I see women, in my eyes, have perfectly beautiful bodies that have been blessed with bodies that are, quote, healthy and don't see them that way you know, I really like my body as a whole, but don't get me wrong, I'd love to swap for the day. Like I've got a big long list of all the things I'd love to try, try and do. So, you know, I, I always find it really difficult
1: when I see women not feel that confidence in themselves. It's so true because we easily say it, aren't we? Like, oh, we're so, you know, you should be grateful. Like, you should be grateful that you've got two legs to walk down to the beach and that. But we do. We take it for granted. Like,
0: how lucky are both of us that we have stomachs that work and we can digest food. Mm. There's a lot of people that can't do that, can't feed themselves. And as much as we all have days where I think, oh, I wish I had less back fat or whatever, I feel really lucky that my body works in a
1: way that yeah allows me to function. If you were sitting down with any of the women that are listening today, what would you say to them about what we're talking about? What would, If you could sit there with a one-on-one with them and you could potentially change their entire life from one conversation, what would you say to them? Gee, no pressure, Hyde. Um, probably I would say... Try and imagine
0: like no one else is looking at you and the only person looking at you is yourself. So if you're the only person looking at you, what does it matter if you, you know, you're a size that you're probably not as confident as you used to be because you should love
1: yourself for yourself, not for what you look like. What is something that Peter wants to do that she's working towards? You've always got to have something
0: On the back burner that you're working towards that's going to allow your business to grow to that next level because we all like plug along and we do our like weekly tasks that we have to do i record a podcast edit it do all those things but i'm actually trying to get international day for people with disabilities have more impact So that's my pledge for myself. I'm working with a few of my followers and my listeners on my podcast to figure out how we do that because if you don't follow people with disabilities online, likely you don't even know the day exists. So Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out a way that we cut through and that people understand why this day is so important for people with disabilities. And why is it so important for people with disabilities? It's important because we're part of the community and a lot of the time I don't think people realise that we are Mm. to the point that, you know, a lot of people assume I don't have friends. I have friends. A lot of people assume that we don't have fulfilling lives and that we're sitting at home doing nothing. We're not. Many of us work. Many are highly educated. You know, we're all doing our thing to put as much impact into the world as you are, Hyde. And I really think just like any other minority, we deserve that recognition and for people to realise that we deserve good employment, good education and that security that many people
1: take for granted. Mm, continue using your voice Peter continue putting yourself out there I love everything about you when is the date we need to all save it 3rd of December and my big idea Hyde because
0: you're yep. the you're the queen of big ideas <laughs> my big idea is to try and get like some sort of tote bag or something like with Woolworths or Coles or Kmart to have Um, a disabled person's art on the front and the hashtag international day with a disability like how cool would it be to have a person every time they go in shopping on the 3rd of December they're exposed to the international day for people with disabilities how can we support you and make this a reality well I'm not gonna lie I've still got a long way to go. If anybody knows anybody out there in a big corporation that thinks they could help me or you're just an individual yourself and you want to come along with the ride because I have a small group of people trying to help me, please send me a DM on Instagram. My handle is my name at Peter Hook.
1: Oh, Peter Hook of the I Can't Stand podcast, who is an inspiration. A woman who is now just a, your ultimate hype queen, hyping all these girls to get down to the beach and wear their bikinis. You're a change maker you're creating huge impact. It's an absolute honor to have you on this podcast. I love you so much. And I can't wait for this day to become reality. And that my friend takes champagne confidence to put yourself out there, declare that you are going to make this, you know, create impact all around Australia. That is what champagne confidence is all about. And thank you, Heidi. I can't believe
0: that I've been so lucky to become a friend of yours and I really, really appreciate your friendship and your support. Thank you so much and thank you for having me on the podcast.
1: If you're not sick of me yet, make sure you jump over to Instagram at underscore Heidi Anderson. I would absolutely love for you to tag me in any of your posts around the confidence challenges that you do. Uh, Or if you're enjoying the episode and you want to slide on into my DMs at underscore Heidi Anderson, make sure you hashtag champagne confidence. And if you are absolutely loving this podcast and It is changing your life and impacting you in some way. It would mean the absolute world if you can hit subscribe and leave a review uh, over on Apple iTunes. Thank you so much. It just means that more people will be able to hear this episode. And as a teacher and a coach of marketing and PR, this is a great way for me to market and PR this podcast. So thank you so much. That's it from me. I love you lots.